We're reading Tess, chapter 1. Containing uh, the ten spherot of reflected light. The measure explains the ten spherot of reflected light and containing that stems through. Regarding the ten spherot of reflected light brought here in the words of DRE, they emerge by the expansion of the light of Ensof as coupling by striking on the screen in the vessel of Malchut of direct light. The screen detains the direct light that belongs to the vessel of Malchut, so it does not expand within her. The reflected light, meaning the, measure, the entire measure of light that would have been suitable for reception in the vessel of Malchut, but she did not receive it, and it was pushed back from her. It's not regarded as having disappeared from her, rather it became a vessel of reception that rises and closes all four phases of direct light. Hence there are two phases of ten spherot here, clothing one another, as the ten spherot of direct light are clothed in the ten spherot of reflected light. Like we already said many times, that comes the direct light and it passes from Keto to the Malchut. The Malchut overcomes, makes a restriction over it, not wanting to receive for itself, but makes a restriction and then thinks, how much can it nonetheless want or think to bestow to the Creator? have the intention of an order to bestow, and then it makes an akaz striking on the light that rises from it, and the light rises back to keto, called reflected light, and that light clothes on the direct light. And as a result of the clothing of these two lights, there is already some kind of connection between them, and then there's a decision how much it uh, calculates, how much either Malchut can receive in order to bestow. And to that extent, that it does it in the reflected light, it calculates how much. And then, after that calculation, there is already the action of receiving in order to bestow. Kiev. This connection of the reflected light with the direct light, this coupling, this is adhesion? This is... Yeah. Well, at first there's only rejection, which is restriction and rejection. It's like with the host and then the guest. Afterwards, after he rejects it, after that, he starts thinking after he rejected it. How much can I nonetheless do 
for the sake of the host. And then calculates. After he calculates, then he starts activating his desire to receive for it to be already um, with the intention of an order to bestow. And then starts receiving in order to bestow the upper light. Meaning, there's an action here that he feels what the emanator, what the host wants to give him. He stops himself from receiving pleasure, rejects it, that which the host wants to give him. He calculates how much can he nonetheless receive from the host, but not because he wants to receive pleasure from it, but because he wants to give pleasure to the host. He wants to be like the host, just like the host wants to delight him. He wants to delight the host. And then he starts working and receiving in order to bestow. This connection of intentions, when I wish to bestow to him, he wants to bestow to me. And we make the calculation. Is there any a different taste there, the taste of pleasure that's different? Of course, there I taste how much can I give the host, how much can I, or how can I delight him, what kind of pleasures do I get out of delighting the host. Meaning, it's not about how much light do I receive, but it's about who am I receiving from or who am I giving to. Meaning that the greater the host is in the eyes of the receiver of the created being, the greater the pleasure he gets. Uh, It all multiplies Meaning, either you get a piece of, you get a part of the shop, Uh, you get something from the shop, or it's something that you get from your baby that comes up to you and gives it to you. How greater, how much greater your pleasure is when you receive it from your baby. Suppose it's that same piece of cake, but it's multiplied by the relationship that you have with your baby. And therefore, what we say is that when we receive in order to bestow, then our pleasure is 620 times greater than the initial desire itself, than the initial pleasure itself. Because by rejection, we come to sympathize, identify with the Creator. Nevertheless, I have this cake that uh, dear person is giving me. I have my love for him, and I have this greatness. So the, the cake disappears in his greatness? No, no. There needs to be something, uh, some crumb, something. But all the rest... This is already the greatness of the Creator in your eyes. I want to understand the connection of this crumb with the greatness. Connect or only the greatness remains above the taste of this crumb? 
The crumb too needs to exist, otherwise there will be no connection between the Creator and the created being. They need to connect around something material, some some something physical in this world, and to reach the highest degree. And all throughout the latter, they feel themselves from the smallest degree to the highest one that below is the nature of the created being. Above that, there is the nature of the creator, and that's how they connect. In whom or in what does Malchut consult or does everything by, it, you know, by itself? Or, and how does it know how, to, how much to receive? Only according to what it feels and receives from the Creator. In spiritual actions, you have connection with the Creator and you work with Him, even though that next day there's the group and there's the teacher, but still, the main thing is your connection with the Creator. PT 19. says here that the screen detains the direct light that belongs to Malchut, so it won't expand within her. What kind of action do I need to do so the screen would not detain this direct light? Here he says that it does detain him, detain it. What should I do? The screen, after the restriction, you have a screen that rejects that which you want to receive from the host. Your screen rejects the pleasure and it says, I don't want to receive. That's the restriction. And if I receive, then it's only in order to bestow. Only if it's for you. You remember the example. So that that's what happens here. And then I can have the same screen not detain the the direct light as a result of my action? No, because then it's going to be in order to receive. So what to do so it won't be in order to receive? So you hold on to the restriction saying I can't receive in this way, but I'm willing to do it only in order to bestow, in order to bestow, meaning that I make a zivugdaka. I don't receive for myself. And I calculate how much can I receive pleasure in order to bestow to you. All this you can do in the ten only, not alone. You can't learn how to do it unless it's in the ten. You need a minimum of two. Minimum. PT 35. So only when we see the host is great, we can receive the light? Yes. How to build his image so it will be before us? You have a group? Yes. In it, you build the image of the Creator. The Sfirot he's talking about here are Sfirot of desires or Sfirot of intentions, according to what we learned in the first lesson. Depends on the kind of calculation that you make. When we're speaking of Sfirot, Keter, I don't know, Chuchma, Bina, Zaman, Pin, Malchut, certainly when we read it now, 
It sounded like as if he's only talking about intentions, not not really not the desire. It's like a, maybe a crumb that has to be there, but it's not so interesting. Is it correct to look at it this way? No, because without that, you can't go back to the host. You can't come back to him. If you don't enjoy what he gives you, you can't delight him. Meaning, you need to get pleasure from what you receive and from whom are you receiving and from the one that you're receiving it from. And that's a big difference. Do you get a piece of cake from some shop? Did you get it from some shop or did you get it from your baby or from someone that you really appreciate, respect? It all depends. It's all up to you. Someone that sees it from the outside, he, he doesn't understand what goes on there. When we talk about the spirit of reflected light, spirit of reflected light are made of desires or intentions? Desires and intentions. Of course. No, no. What does it mean that the sphira of reflected light is made of a desire? What kind of desire is there? But without a desire, there's no rejection. Without rejection, there's no reflected light. Without reflected light, there's no one who could clothe the direct light. There's no one to feel the host. If the guest sits next to the table and receives from the host everything that the host gives him. He gobbles it all up, then he doesn't feel the host. For him, the host is a kind of something that, you know, gives him fulfillment, but that's it. He doesn't take him into account. But on condition that he makes the restriction, then he starts building his relationship with the host. And then to the measure to which he rejects and calculates that he wants to delight the host, then there's a feeling that there's the create the guest and the host. This calculation is in the intentions, not in the desires. Is it correct to say so? He uses the desire according to the intention. It's clear that the desire has to be there so you can have some communication between the creator and created being. But afterwards, all those structures we hear about, the lights that enter the sefirot, is all in the intentions, it sounds like. Right, yeah, only in the intentions. You are right. Niv. Item 2. The light that would have been suitable for reception in phase 4, had it not been for the screen that detains it, is called reflected light. After the restriction, the reflected light became the vessel of reception instead, instead of the restricted phase 4. Again. The light that would have been suitable for reception in phase 4, had it not been for the screen that detains it, is called reflected light. After the restriction, the, the reflected light became the vessel of reception instead of the restricted phase 4. Item 2. Even though all the reflected light that rises is only the light of Malchut, 
still discern ten sefirot in this reflected light. The reason is that only Malchut was the vessel of reception for the entire ten sefirot prior to the restriction. Since as the nine sefirot have no vessels of reception whatsoever, Instead, they are, regar- they are regarded as actual light, as the Ari wrote here. And from the restriction onward, Malchot can no longer receive any direct light. Thus, the reflected light that was rejected by Malchot became the vessel of reception instead of her. Hence, the light of Malchot from before the restriction is discerned as having five phases of vessels corresponding to each phase of direct light that Malchut clothed there. Now that the reflected light operates instead of Malchut, we also discern ten sefirot in this light that was rejected from Malchut, clothing the ten sefirot of direct light. In addition, we discern five empty phases in the vessel of Malchut from the light that belongs to her, meaning from what she had prior to the restriction. Kiev. It's written that when we use the reflected light in place of Mahot, the reflected light becomes a new vessel? Malchut restricts itself, not wanting to receive. Malchut is the desire to receive. There's the desire to receive. It restricts it, meaning it doesn't want to use the desire to receive. And then the fulfillment that comes to it and wants to enter the desire to receive as if returns. That Malchut does not receive it, it gives it back to the host. That's called reflected light. The clothing of direct light in reflected light, what does happen in the Malchut or? In the reflected light above the Malchut. Who feels it? The Malchut or is it felt all in reflected light? Only the Malchut feels it. Only the Malchut. The entire process that happens from above down and from below up, it's all registered in the Malchut. The Malchut is a desire. It feels it this way and responds correspondingly. PT-17. PT-17. The reflected light is nevertheless light. How can the light become a vessel, or is it just an expression? Because it comes from the desire to receive, it's registered in the desire to receive, and the desire to receive is in the light. That's why it's called reflected light and a vessel. 
It becomes a vessel for the direct light. It dresses in the direct light. So it stops being a light? No, that's called light, only reflected light. There are many different types of lights. Inner light, surrounding light, external light, exterior, and there are many different kinds of lights. And every light, we don't actually talk about the light itself, in and of itself, but about the phenomena within the desire to receive. PT24. Question about the reflected light. This reflected light we know later becomes a rosh. There are vessels, It's also vessels, meaning a big part of the process. Look, we're not talking about this now, so calm down. First of all, what does it mean that the reflected light becomes the rosh head? There are many different phenomena, not only oh, okay. that. Okay, so I have a simple question. This reflected light, is it, it becomes a vessel, a part of the malchut? This reflected light rises from the malchut toward the emanator, toward the ketel, and it has both from the malchut and from the ketel. It's already something that connects them. Meaning something new that uh, never existed before. Right. Chadela. The connection between reflected light and malchut. How does it happen? The malchut makes a restriction, not wanting to receive. It doesn't want to receive, but to bestow to the host or the emanator. And in that, the reflected light ascends from Malchut to Keto. But the process that's happening afterwards in this vessel of reflected light, who's managing it? Is it the Malchut? Does it feel this vessel? Of course the Malchut. Moscow 6. How in the Malchut a desire appears to restrict itself. The desire for restriction appears in the Malchut as a result of the feeling that it has that it's the receiver and that it is the opposite of the Keto, which is the bestower. Yes, Where did the intention to receive born? Why did this process of reflected light start? The intention in order to receive exists in the Malchut itself because that's her desire to receive and the intention in order to bestow. That's later. It was uh, born in the Malchut that wants to be like uh, the Keta, like the host. So, to what point can you say, done to here is the will to receive? From here, it's the will to receive with the intention to receive. This was back in the four phases of direct light when it reached phase four. Then phase four start feeling that it's receiving, and that by it, it's the opposite of Keto. 
and therefore it restricted itself and stopped. Stop receiving. So in phase four, the feeling was born that it's also in order to receive. Right. Yeah. Latin two. How the sefirot are serve only the desire to bestow and they don't receive. Mm, that's how it is. The ten sefirot of reflected light, they all want to bestow to the keto, from the malchut to the keto. The ten sefirot of direct light, it is the influence of the keto over the malchut. It's like with the host and the guest in Balasulam's story. Okay, where are we? Yes, three. Explanation of the ten sefirot called Naran Chai and the ones called Shangela. Item three. The difference between the ten sefirot called Kachab Tum and the ten sefirot called Nefesh, Ruach, Neshama, Chaya, Yechida is that the vessels of the ten sefirot are called Kachab Tum and the lights in them are called Naran Chai. And the ten sefirot called root, soul, body, garment, hall, bear a specific meaning. They lack ziranpin and malchut of vessels and chaya and of lights. They have only kachab of vessels called root, soul, body, shorish, neshama, goof, and naran of lights. This happened in the second restriction by the ascent of Malchut to Bina. We'll learn about it. One will come to the second restriction. We'll talk about this. Chapter 3. Chapter 3 explains the tense field of equal level. Item 1. We shall now explain the ten sefirot of equal level. Meaning, if the level of the coupling reaches up to Keter, then it contains a hundred sefirot, which are Keter through Malchot, thick-wise, in thickness, clothing one over the other, each of them contains ten sefirot lengthwise from Keter to Malchut. And if the level of the coupling is up to Chokhmah, they have nine sefirot in thickness, each containing nine sefirot lengthwise. And if the level of the coupling is up to Binah, they have eight sefirot in thickness, each having eight sefirot lengthwise, and so on similarly. This applies to each and every coupling by striking of the upper light on the screen. 
נקרא שוב אות א'. אתה נבער then it contains a hundred spherot, which are keter through malchut in thickness, clothing one over the other. Each of them contains ten spherot lengthwise from keter to malchut. And if the level of the coupling is up to chokhmah, they have nine spherot in thickness, and each one of them has nine spherot lengthwise. And if the level of the coupling is up to Bina, they have eight spherot in thickness, each having eight spherot lengthwise. And so on similarly. This applies to each and every coupling by striking of the upper light on the screen. What is then spherot uh, widthwise in thickness? I understand. What? You have direct light and reflected light. And in every sphera, you have its particular spherot. That's it. Ну, тут он описывает просто это как 10 сферот в ширину. Может, это перевод неправильный? Buongiorno Rab, qual è lo scopo di Levush e Akal? What is the purpose of Levush and Hechal, garment and hall? Ah, you're asking about things that we will learn about soon, but these are advanced matters. We have Shorish, Neshama, Guf, which are the inner Kelim, Ketuchuchman, Bina, that's how they're called. And Levush and Eichal, these are the external Kelim of Zeranpin and Malchut. That in the worlds of Abiyah, they have no real Kelim because there you have the second restriction and therefore you don't work with the real desire to receive, but only with the so-called Achap of Ascent, the ascent of the desire to receive to the desire to bestow. It's a kind of correction. It's a kind of, there is such a restriction, a limitation. And the Shosh Neshomah Guf, these are the inner Kelim because they have small desires, Shosh, Aleph, and Bet. And the external Kelim, which are the view of Gimel and Dalet, 
three and four, which are big vessels. We can't receive, we can't receive the lights in them in order to bestow the lights of Chaya and Yechida. And therefore, these vessels are outside of the inner vessels and they're considered exterior vessels. It's like, the clothing and the eichal, the structure, the building, we're divided such that we have our body and we have our clothes, and we have the eichal, the house, the palace, what we live in. And in Gemar Tikkun, the end of correction, all these discernments come together. Shosh, Neshama, Guf, Levush, Eichal, they will all come together and there will be no difference between them. And this is something that we'll learn about in the next parts of TESS. Okay, I think that we'll conclude here. This evening, we have, well, we have, you know, a few updates, and until the evening, we need to connect with one another several times, and we'll meet here this evening, and now Mr. Who's there? Meron is going to tell us about it. Yes, hello, friends. Tonight, it's happening, 6.30 p.m. Israel time. We meet all of us together in the Arvut system and on Svivatava for our Unity Evening Virtual Unity Evening around the world. One-time ticket around the globe. We're going to visit every continent. We're going to have songs, workshops, everything that we love and that will help us come closer to one another and connect. So again, tonight, 6.30 p.m. Israel time, we all meet on the Arvut system. Niv. Yes, and our schedule for today, 10 to 11 a.m., the the recorded writers' meeting, and 6.30 to 8 p.m., the Unity Evening broadcast live. Thank you. Have a good day.